This is the straight up, undeniable, no confusing it for something else need of every heart, of every woman, every man that ever was or ever will be. That's right. Sweet, sweet forgiveness. Come, even now. Come, even now. Forgiveness. That's what we're looking at today, you guys. And I really do believe it is the heart of the matter. And it is the undeniable, true need that we have. And we need it from God. We need it from each other. And we need to learn how to give it to each other. Because we've been talking in this series, the whole series has been called Peace. And let me just kind of walk you through again what we've learned so far. The first thing we learned is that we've got to be at peace with God. And that we can be. That in Jesus Christ, this whole idea of forgiveness, in Christ, everything you ever could or have done wrong in Him is forgiven. And right in this room, we stood here and had Jesus over on this side standing as our defense attorney, (laughs) saying the case is settled. This person is seen without blemish and absolutely, completely forgiven. So in Christ, we're at peace with God. And then the next week we talked about, now we can actually be at peace with each other. That Jesus didn't just want us, didn't, he didn't only reconcile us to God when he forgave us, but how somehow, once that happens, and the rest of us, all of us come together being reconciled to God, that somehow now we can actually be at peace with each other. And we can. And it's what Jesus longs for us to do. It's partly, he said, my purpose, even in dying on the cross and rising again, was so that you guys would be at peace with each other. Then we took a couple weeks and we, we looked at what, what causes us not to be at peace. We looked at our tongue and how dangerous this thing can be the, to share words that are hurtful and harmful. And then last week we looked at selfish ambition and envy. Um, and that instead, wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure and then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, and full of mercy. Yes, we want to do this series because I think every heart longs to be at peace. I know mine does. And you open up the Bible, and what you find is that God is, says, I'm a God of peace. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. And the way of peace today, you guys, is forgiveness. It's interesting that out of all the things that Jesus Christ did for us, He revealed who the Father was, He revealed what God is like, He showed us how to live, He healed people, He ushered in the He did so many things. But it's really interesting that the pinnacle of why He came was to do what? Was to offer what was necessary for us to be forgiven. (laughs) So that we could actually be reconciled to God and reconciled to each other. At the very heart and soul of it, the heart of the matter, was Jesus saying everything, the greatest thing in the whole world is love. It's the greatest thing. It's what makes the world go round. It's what the world needs now. We all sing about it because it's true. It's the heart of the matter. Because forgiveness is the way of God. And therefore, if it's the way of God, then it's the way of those who follow God. If you've received, if you're here today and you're you're a Christian, if you've received Jesus Christ into your life, then you have in your very being the one who forgives. And that's what he does. But it's hard. Forgiveness is really hard. And it has always cost something cost Jesus his life, but it's also essential for life. 
So here's what I want you to do before we jump into the teaching today. Would you go ahead and grab this card? You all have a card and a pen. And in this room here right now, <clears throat> I know that there is so, as, as Mary shared with us, there are scars in this room. Um, there are many here who've been the victim of abuse, whether it was physical abuse, sexual abuse, verbal abuse. Um, some of you were just controlled and were never able to really be free. Some of you, your wound in here is you've been abandoned. Either your father left you or your mother left you or someone you loved just got up and left you. There, there are so many ways that we are broken in this place today. And what I want you to do today, before we start this message, is think about who is the person. Who is the person that maybe on this day here right now, if you're going to be totally honest with yourself, you've never really forgiven them? Who is the person that you still hold something to? You still are tied to the event that took place and you have not been able to release them from that yet. And uh, I want you to take a minute and for some of you, you might be sitting there going, I, I don't have anybody. If you don't have anybody that you haven't forgiven, then maybe possibly it's somebody who you've offended. <laughs> And they're not forgiving you. Maybe you're human and actually did something wrong. And somebody else is holding that against you. Maybe you could write them down. Whatever you need to do, though, today, I know there's no way you're a human being in this room and haven't had a wound that's inflicted you that might be holding you back from being free. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for us. Because I do believe on this day that there's a chance that we walk out of this room, as I always try to tell us, different than when we came in. And some of us are not free today because of those wounds. And from God, through Jesus Christ, from his word to you and me today, is he came to set us free. And so, while I'm praying, why don't you write down who that person is? Nobody peek, okay? Y'all can close your eyes and see if you can write without looking at your page or whatever you need to do. Let's pray together. Father, we come to you on this day because you are the God of peace. We come to you on this day because you are a God of love. You are the God who loved us when we were not lovable. You are the God who loved us when we were your enemy. You are the God who loved us when we were sinners and doing things that were in absolute opposition to you. We read in your scriptures that that was just the right time for you to love us. So we thank you, God, for what we've already talked about, the fact that we are at peace with you through Jesus Christ, through his death and resurrection on our behalf. But God, I also want to pray now that whatever pain sits in this room today, um, whatever scar, whatever... Maybe it's not even a scar. Maybe it's still a gaping wound. But Lord, we want to ask that you, your Holy Spirit would come into this place and help us to be free. We know this is your way. It was the pinnacle of why you were here, Jesus. And if it's your way, then we want it to be our way. So we pray for a supernatural power today, God, to help us 
to forgive so that freedom can take place. We pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so here we go. Why must I forgive? Okay? Why must we do this? Um, Here's the first one. The reason that we must forgive is because I'm going to need it in the future. (laughs) One of the reasons that we need to forgive you guys is because we're going to need it in the future. Um, It's been really interesting for me, Um, actually, the last couple weeks. I think God just said, hey, you know what? You're going to give this message here in a couple weeks. I'm going to give you some personal experience. It's one of the things I actually hate. I, I swear, like, lots of times when I'm, whenever, whatever I'm speaking on, I feel like I experience. Well, about two weeks ago, I had someone who's, who's a dear person to me. Um, I feel like we're pretty close friends. And, and I found out that there was some conversation coming from them that was not positive about me to another person. Now, if you guys know me at all, those of you who've been here at, K, at K2 from day one, one of the very most important things we've ever talked about here is this pledge of connection. That I will speak the truth to you. That I will give you grace. That I will um, receive from you humbly and I will cover your back. And so it's interesting when all of a sudden something that's very dear to you, um, when somebody goes around you and hits you with that, holy smokes, I, I just responded with amazing mercy and grace, <laughs> compassion, sweetness, you know, um, actually, it was interesting because I don't think that it's possible when a wound is inflicted, it's called a wound. <laughs> I mean, it hurts. And, and, and when that happens, you know, it, it, it rises something up within you. It's negative. But I, I, it was funny. I actually, I don't know if Mike's in here now, but I actually saw Mike uh, later that day. And I just said, man, I am so, it is so good to grow up. Because for years, you guys, whenever anybody would inflict wounds on me. I just, I just shoved them right under the rug. <laughs> you know, I just pretend that didn't even happen. You know, let's just all be honky-dory, even though inside every time, I, you know, and God has done major, major, major work through 44 years to at least me get me to the point where now I engage in it. So I got on my phone and called the person up and, and they denied it. And I said, huh, it's interesting. And so then they went and talked to the other person, and then they realized, no, I really did do this. And so they came back to me, and they said, I'm sorry, I, I, I did. And, I, and they said, man, I, I hope you'll forgive me. And I couldn't, and this is the honest truth, I couldn't wait to forgive them. I, I, I really couldn't. And you guys, the best thing was, the very next day, we got together, and you know why he hurt me? Anybody want to take a guess? What's that? Well, yeah, because I hurt him. <laughs> That's what that, I mean, really, what was going on was there was pain that I had inflicted. And see, when you get pain inflicted, then you got to do something with your pain. And most of the time, what we do is when then we give it back. <laughs> and we say, oh, yeah, well, let's play this game, you know. And, you know, we turn into the rock'em, sock'em robots, and we, we have a good time back and forth with each other. But in that moment, it was, we had the most beautiful, honest, truth-filled, grace-filled conversation and there is absolutely no animosity whatsoever between us. And I'm telling you, it is good when the scripture says, don't let the sun go down while you're angry, right? Don't let the devil get a foothold. Because if you let yourself get angry, it'll screw everything up. So, so anyway, I'm like, wow, that was great. That was awesome. And I, I'm like, thank you, God, for that example that I could share with everybody about how somebody inflicted pain on me and I could give grace 
And, um, and then the week continued on. And uh, I, about two days ago, I was like on cloud 99, man. I was just flying. It was just, I am, I am. I'm very excited about what God's doing and, 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 and here in the ministry of K2 and all this kind of stuff. And then within 24 hours, I found out that I am a total screw up. Like total. Like to the point where it got, where I'm like, I don't know if I want to walk out of my house because if I do, I'm probably going to hurt somebody else. Or maybe I shouldn't get out of bed so I don't hurt Susie and my kids. Have you ever had one of those weeks where all of a sudden you realize, man, I mean, I had done a couple things that if people wanted to, they could have so held some major anger towards me. And, and, and the thing is, you guys, when you are the inflictor of it, I, I don't know, sometimes, you know, some people don't care, they like to inflict pain. That's not me. And it was unbelievable the weight and the burden and the sorrow, kind of like the prison that I was feeling in. And I don't know if you guys are here today, but if you are, um, I received grace. I'm telling you, when you've messed up and caused burden on another person, and they turn around and they forgive you, it's divine. It is divine. You guys, the heart of the matter... (laughs) The one thing that all of us need is forgiveness. I I realize this, you guys, if you're a human being, I just sat after this experience these last couple of weeks, and what I finally realized, there's no way that the human race can exist without forgiveness. Because even the stuff that I did, I didn't intentionally do. It's just by the fact that I'm human. When you're a human being, you fall short. When you're a human being, you don't do everything right. When you're a human being, your own heart is twisted and messed up. And as we said here before, hurt people hurt people. And all of us are hurt. And so we hurt each other. Some of these passages, Ecclesiastes 720 says, There is not a single person in all the earth who is always good and never sins. Would anybody else want to agree? I mean, you know, Paul says, we all sin, fall short of the glory of God. John gets in the, in the mix and he says, yeah, if anyone claims to be without sin, you're a liar. I mean, it's just, if we're going to be human beings, as Mary said, and run into each other, this is going to happen. So why must I forgive? It, and it was really funny because our phrase was, because I'm going to need it in the future. And I'm like, no, 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 because I'm going to need it like right now. <laughs> like right now. And it's true. Now, let me just try to define this a little bit. What is forgiveness? What is it? Let me start off first with what it's not. This is what forgiveness is not. It does not pretend that it didn't happen. Okay, number one. Which is what I grew up with, okay? What you do when there's conflict is you sweep it under the rug and you just pretend it didn't happen. That is not forgiving somebody, you guys. Okay? So it's not pretending it didn't happen. Number two, it's not excusing or condoning what happened. See, sometimes I think people don't want to forgive somebody because they're afraid, man, if I forgive them, then they're going to think this isn't a big deal. And that was a big deal. So I'm not going to forgive you because I want you to know how big of a deal that was. Okay, you suffered enough. You got it. Okay, I don't think so. I'm going to still, I mean, we just hold it until, but, but here's the deal. You can totally forgive somebody. Forgiveness does not mean that you're saying that wasn't a big deal or just excusing it. You can excuse something when someone had a reason or, you know, uh, or bumped you or whatever. You can excuse things. But when somebody actually has offended you, you can forgive them. But it doesn't mean that you aren't saying it was a big deal. Number three, 
Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's not forgetting. I, I, I mean, that's just, it's kind of crazy because I know the scriptures say that God forgets our sin. You know, he cast, he, 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 literally, I, I think God's a little bit more divine and like, I don't think he just goes, whoa, can't remember that one. No, I, I think what the scripture's trying to tell us is that the act that happened is cast so far away that for God, there is absolute, complete forgiveness. It's not that he can't remember that you did it. And the same thing for us, I think some people will look at you and say, hey, if you're forgiven, then just forget it. Are you kidding me? I mean, some of you are sitting here and you go, I'd love to forget it. I can't forget it. And sometimes you shouldn't forget it. If you've been in an abusive situation, the last thing you should do is forget it and just get back into it. I mean, that would not be wise. I mean, you can, and again, I'm going to get to what forgiveness is, but you can still work on totally being able to forgive somebody, but that doesn't mean that you should forget it. At sometimes, you guys, if, it, if it, it's an abusive issue or a dangerous issue or a toxic issue, then strong boundaries are actually important and they're necessary to have in place. And I know some of you are sitting there and you've, you've been in those situations. So you don't just forget it. Okay, that's not what it means to forgive. And the last thing, what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Okay? When you forgive somebody, that doesn't mean you just have to trust them again. In fact, sometimes you would be an absolute fool if you did trust them. Trusting somebody needs to be earned. Trust needs to be earned. And so forgiveness, you guys, is something that happens in the heart of one person. It can be granted to somebody, whether they ask for it or whether they don't, if, even if they don't ask for it, and even if they don't deserve it. And I'm sure that some of you, the name you wrote down on your piece of paper right now, they do not deserve your forgiveness. And maybe even the person you wrote on the paper doesn't even want your forgiveness. And you know what? If you look at that name and you go, exactly, you can still forgive them. Now, reconciliation will never take place until the other party is totally repentant and humbled and actually wants it. It is a two-way street for reconciliation to happen. It takes a lot of time to rebuild trust, and it takes a lot of mutual agreement. It takes work, you guys, to reconcile. So one of the things that maybe you need to know today is maybe you're, some of you are saying, I just can't forgive that person because I can't imagine being close to them again. Okay, maybe you shouldn't be close to them again. But until you forgive them, as we're going to see, God still calls you to forgive. No matter what they've done or who they are, but it doesn't mean reconciliation. So we good on that? You guys got clear on that? This is what forgiveness is not pretending it never happened. It's not excusing or condoning what happened. It's not forgetting it. And it's not reconciling or trusting again. But here's what forgiveness is. First of all, it is setting someone free and releasing them from what they owe us or from the wrong or the injustice that they've done to us. It is setting them free and releasing them. Forgiveness is the act of untying yourself. I got this from, I can't remember where, somebody else. It is the act of untying yourself from the thoughts and feelings that bind you to the offense that was committed against you. 
I know with this many people in this room, some of you right now are bound to the thoughts and the feelings of the offense that did happen to you. And if you're sitting here today and you still have this going on, then forgiveness hasn't happened. Because forgiveness is untying and releasing that and setting not only the other person free, but you free. Forgiveness is number three. It is refusing to be consumed by the past. One of the greatest scriptures, forgetting what is behind, I press on towards what Jesus Christ. Forgiveness, if you forgive, and then you, have, you are refusing to be consumed by the past. Number four, forgiveness is refusing to seek revenge. Man, if you're, if you're seeking revenge, if you want to hurt the person back, then forgiveness has not taken place. You give up the right to do that. Let's go right from the scriptures. Forgiveness is keeping no record of wrongs. I don't keep the record. And then the last thing, this is what forgiveness is, you guys. It is giving others what God gave you. It is giving others what God gave you. Now, let me read a story for you. In Matthew chapter 18... Uh, this is one of the greatest stories about forgiveness in all the scripture, but it is haunting. <laughs> I, I hope you're ready for this one, because this is Jesus, who is God, who created you and me, who is the only one true judge, who's telling us how this is all going to work. Okay, you guys ready for the story? All right. I don't know if you are. You might want to put your seatbelt down. Here we go. Verse 21. Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother when he sins against me? Up to seven? This is getting ridiculous. And Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven, 70 times, 77 times. In other words, Jesus was saying, now don't count up to 49 and then you're done. You know, you got your little track. No, he's saying, dude, let me share with you what forgiveness, what your forgiveness to your brother needs to be like. And then he shares this story. The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants And as he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. Now, 10,000 talents, you guys, again, this was like, I mean, you read all these different scholars and they come up with all these different numbers. Let's just put it this way. It's like anywhere from like 20 to 40, at least millions of dollars. Basically, what Jesus was saying is 10,000 talents, um, you don't have that. That's, I mean, and everybody listening to the story would get that. There is no way that this guy is ever going to pay this back. So the, the king gets out his thing. He says, I got to settle accounts with this guy. Okay, you, 10,000 talents. Since he was not able to pay, obviously, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Kind of wild, isn't it? That was actually a practice back then. You owe me stuff. You can't pay me. I sell you. Wow. You know, I mean pretty crazy. Um, verse 26, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and he let him go. We've talked about this recently, you guys. Can you imagine? I mean, some of you are here struggling so much financially right now and you're falling into debt. If somebody would just come in and go, done. Job. <laughs> Thank you. What if it was like $40 million that you knew you'd never repay? It's unbelievable. Verse 28. Story takes a funky turn. 
But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. One guy that I, that, that, uh, I, I read said, that's about like 20 bucks. If it was going to be $20 million, this would be like 20 bucks. He walks out, he's free from $20 million. Walks out, and as he went out, I love that, he goes, the verse says, when that servant went out, I mean, he didn't even take any time here. He found a guy who owed him 20 bucks, and he grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. And his fellow servant fell to his knees, sounds familiar, and he begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused, and instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. And when the other servants saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. And then that master called the servant in. Okay, so now if, you, if you're not forgiving anybody today, the master called the servant in and he said, You wicked servant, I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And then in anger, his master turned him over to the jailer to be tortured until he should pay back all that he owed. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother from your heart. Take a glance at the card sometime that you just wrote down. This is the person you need to think about in the next 20 minutes as we share this together. Here's number two, you guys. Why must I forgive? Because I'm going to need it, because I'm human. But because resentment and bitterness imprisoned me. If you're filled with resentment and bitterness, they imprison you. See, when you look at this story, there's two prisons in this story. The first prison is the one that you're in if somebody won't forgive you, right? So, I mean, the guy walks out and he goes, oh, you won't pay me back? Then I'm going to do what? I'm going to put you in prison until you can pay me back. And so some of you today are in prison right now because somebody won't forgive you. And maybe you want to be reconciled, you want to pay him back, and they just, they won't do that. They won't forgive you. That's one prison. But the other prison, the one I really want to talk about here, is the one that you're thrown into if you won't forgive. And the Bible tells us, God is saying, listen, I, I just want to tell you, I'm offered you forgiveness, and if you don't offer it, then I literally, I'm going to throw you to the jailers, and the jailers are going to torture you. This is your God. You know, this is the God who loves you. See, that's wild. The God who loves you. See, but he also loves the one you won't forgive. And somehow in here, he says, the best thing I can do right now is torture you. Wow. So, what is this prison? You know, what is this prison? I know one of them. It could be a few things, but I'm going to share this. I think one of the prisons, you guys, is the bitterness and the anger and the rage that you feel. And he goes, you want that for somebody? I'm going to let you sit in that. 
Listen to a couple quotes. John Orberg wrote this. He said, We are always to pursue forgiving people who have hurt us, even when the offenders don't ask for it or deserve it. God commands us to forgive because it, because it is the best way to live. He commands it because the only way, other way, is to remain a prisoner of the hurt for as long as I live. God commands forgiving because to refuse to forgive means I allow the one who hurt me to keep me chained in a prison of bitterness and resentment year after year. Anne Lamott put it this way. She said, I went around saying for a long time that I am not one of those Christians who is heavily into forgiveness. (laughs) And then she said that I am one of the other kind, (laughs) whatever other kind that is. But even though it was funny, as you guys laughed, and actually true, it started to be too painful to stay that way. I love this. In fact, not forgiving is like drinking rat poison and waiting for the rat to die. When I thought about this more, I was just like, well, why is it so painful and such, so torturous to not forgive? One of the reasons, you guys, is I think it, is a, it creates isolation. And again, you know, Andy and I were talking, he watched something. You guys know, again, if you're, the worst torture in prison is solitary confinement. It's to isolate you from the rest of humankind. And see, that's what bitterness does, doesn't it? Because if you have this, you definitely are isolating yourself from the other person, for sure. So you have that going on. But I just know, too, that when I'm angry, I was really angry, and, and I was being a totally jerk to my wife. And, it, and again, it wasn't even her, but it was the other stuff that I was struggling with this week. <laughs> See, but when I have that, if, if my heart is filled with anger or bitterness or resentment, then what happens is it starts to spew on everybody around me, <laughs> right? And then when it spews on everybody around me, then what happens is I even get more isolated and the torture just continues. And then, most important, you guys, is if you're angry and bitter and won't forgive another person, see, I don't think God's going to stand next to you either. The, the defender, the defense attorney who's defending people is not going to join you if you're in the accusation mode. And so not only do you get isolated from uh, people, the, the one who hurts you and the others around you, you actually, I believe, get isolated from God. Because God is a God of mercy and grace and forgiveness. And so some of you may, may, your own spiritual fervor might be lost because of the inability to forgive. And it, it, it's torture. Because I know, like for me, my God is my life. And if I'm not connected into him, I don't have anything. And I I don't want to screw up my relationship with my wife because of other situations that are bugging me. You know, I mean, it's just... So anyway, there we go. It's isolation. It's a prison. So what do we do, though, with this pain I received then? Because it's very real, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. Like When you get hurt and when somebody actually offends you, it is very, very, very real. And what I realized, you guys, I thought about this in depth this week, and I realized that what I want, I thought about years ago, like 20 probably years ago, 
just people who had hurt me, and I wanted them to pay. You do want them to pay. And I realized I was living, waiting, and demanding that they pay me. (laughs) Fix this. Make it better. Give me what I want from them. And then what I thought about today was this. What if they will never pay me? Am I going to sit and wait for this payment my whole life? What if they won't do it? And then this was even more critical to me. What if they can't? pay me. See, because that's what the story was, right? In both those instances, the guy said, man, I can't pay you back right now. (laughs) And I just realized, you guys, sometimes what we demand from other people is something they don't possess because they're broken and wounded and they don't have it to give and we're demanding it from them. Man, I tell you, this is just crazy stuff. But then what I realized was this, God does have everything I need. So I'm in pain. What do I do with this? I need somebody to come and fix this thing, and I want you to fix it, and you can't fix it, but God can. So um, it's almost, I heard another pastor this week, and he said, basically what happens is when when somebody offends you, you receive something, and then you go, what are you going to do with this? And he said, said, most of the time what we do is we go to somebody else and go, do you see this? And we want other people to see the pain that happened to us because we want them to kind of join in and say, yeah, you're right, that's horrible. And so then we get more people on our side, and that's good. <clears throat> and he said, but then, as I said earlier, what we usually do with this is then we give it back. It's called revenge. Somehow, you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. I'm going to give this back to you. So the other option, obviously, you guys, is, and this sounds so cliche, please forgive me. But the other option is that you do really give it to God. And one of the things that hit me that might help with that is that all of my sin was in Christ's body when he was on the tree. He paid for all of my stuff. And he paid for all of Susie's stuff. See, so if if I get hurt by somebody else, that thing that hurt me, God is saying, I've already forgiven that. So in a sense, I'm like, okay, well then you take it. (laughs) Then you take it, God. And here's the deal, you guys, this is huge. Listen to this. Look at 1 Peter 2.23. It says, When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Talking about Jesus here. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. And when he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. Jesus was so unfairly abused, because he's the only person who's actually perfect and didn't deserve any of this. And while he was being abused, he didn't retaliate, and he didn't threat, make any threats, but instead he entrusted himself to God, to his Father, who judges justly. Look at this one, Romans twelve seventeen. So do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And here it is. Do not take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. Can we leave that up there just for a little bit, Shannon? I think for some of you here today, as I thought through this, this might be the thing that can set that person free that's on your card. You are afraid that if you set them free, the justice won't be served. 
And if you look at what the scripture says here, is God is looking, I'm telling you, he is telling you right here now today, that ain't your job. You're not the judge. But he also says, I am. And I will avenge. And I will repay. And for some of you right now today, what you've got to do with this person is you've got to be the one to stop inflicting the pain on them and say, okay, God, I'm going to entrust this to you. And when I thought about this that week, this week, I just thought if some of you would do that today, you could be free. You could be free. Let God do his job. He is the one you can say, yeah, but man, they owe me. And that guy goes, I know, but you owe me too. <laughs> so let me take care of this. I'm the one who judges justly. You're probably never going to really do that that well. Let me do it. And when you guys, when you set other people free, you are free. So why must you forgive? Because this prison of bitterness and resentment has you, and that's not how you're intended to live. All right? Last one, third one. Why must I forgive? Because I have been forgiven. Why must you do it today? If you're a follower of Jesus today, you need to forgive because you've been forgiven. Let me explain the story real quick as we, as we go through here. <clears throat> it just says, it, it, when we first started off, it says that the king wanted to settle accounts. You guys, basically, it's like the king had a ledger. And he walked in here and he goes, hey, well, I just want to settle some accounts with you and let's take it to God. So God looks at us and he goes, hey, I'm just going to see what you guys owe me. You know, because uh, the wages for sin, you know, there are wages for sin. You guys earn some things, actually, when you sin. So let's go ahead and take a look at my wedger here. Oh, wow, you owe me 10,000 talents. Wow, you owe me $40 million. Anybody going to repay that today? Basically, what God says is, if I settle my accounts with you based on what you've done, uh, you ain't paying it. You are toast. So I guess I'll send you away and sell you off, and you're lost. And so then in verse 26... The person said, be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything. And see, guys, catch the story here. The guy doesn't get it. You're never paying this back. And he goes, no, but if I, I'll be good enough and I'll work really hard and then eventually I'll pay you back everything I owe you. And see, what Jesus was trying to help us to see is you're never going to do that. Give it up. Give it up. That's not how it works. You can't be righteous enough. And then verse 27, the guy has pity on him. The king has pity. And it says, and he canceled the debt and he let him go. Now, when a guy who's owed $40 million cancels the debt, who ends up paying the debt? The guy, the king. See, somebody has to absorb the debt. And the king is willing to absorb $40 million on your behalf. The king is willing to say, I'll take all the pain. Jesus says, I will die. I will suffer. I will receive the wrath of God that you deserve. Bring it on. I will pay it. It costs something to forgive. And here's the key. Really what the king was saying to the guy is he closed up his little ledger and he said, great, we won't use that ledger anymore. That's not how we're going to operate, you and me. I'm not going to look at that ledger anymore. I'm gonna, you're free. You just go. It's awesome, you guys, that God doesn't look at you and say, you have to do this now to be right with me. I have done everything. I've canceled it. I've paid it. It's amazing, you guys. This 
four weeks ago was Jesus standing as your defense attorney and saying, I know you're guilty, but I have paid it for you and you are free to go. And then you guys, the guy walks out and as he went out, which means it shows he had no change of heart at all, no sense of gratitude or release or peace. And he demands and chokes the guy and says, you owe me 20 bucks. I want you to look at the guy or the gal on your card. And I want you to do something. I want you to take your pen, race that, And I want you to write this down next to that name. I want you to write down, you owe me 20 bucks. Now, and I'm, I'm going to give you guys a little bit more leeway on this. <clears throat> some of you have been abused severely. It is actually hideous, some of the things that have happened to you. You can actually write down. If you want to write down, you go ahead and write down, you owe me $100,000. Go ahead and write that down if you feel like you need to. I might be cheating there because the scripture says it's 20 bucks. And one of the keys to forgiveness, you guys, the biggest key for me to forgive is to realize that no matter what offense any human being has ever done to me, it pales so much in comparison to all of the sin that I have done against my God. My debt to my Father is unpayable. And the debt that you do when you hurt me and the debt that I do when I hurt you, in comparison, is 20 bucks. So why must I forgive? You guys, basically because Jesus says in this story that if you are accepting God's plan to say, I'll throw away the ledger. Awesome. But then you walk around in your life with a ledger? He's aware of that. And he says, okay, come back here. You want to play that way? Then I'll play that way. If you want to hold other people and not forgive them, then I will hold you. And we'll play by the ledger game. And you go ahead and you try to, you try to make it right with me. And he says, and I will send you to the jailer and you will be tortured. And this is how your heavenly father will treat you. You guys, I don't want to be treated that way. Let me close with a few things then. How, how do I forgive from my heart? Because he says that's what he'll do to you if you don't forgive from your heart. Write these things down. Number one is this. Reflect, you guys. In other words, sometime today, go stand in the mirror and let God reveal to you your $40 million debt. (laughs) Reflect. Don't, don't, and, and when you're reflecting, you don't, you don't compare yourself to anybody else on this planet. When you're reflecting, you reflect on you and Jesus and make sure you see the debt that you owe him. That's the first thing you've got to reflect. The second one is you need to remember. After you've reflected and you see all the stuff that you owe, then remember what Jesus Christ has done for you. Remember that he is your defense attorney who says you are seen without blemish and accusation, I have paid your debt and you are free. And I'm telling you, if those two steps right there don't make you fall on your face in gratitude, there's something wrong. 
The third thing, reflect, remember the third one, is to receive. Susie reminded me of this this morning. You guys, when I have had uh, the issue I was talking about years ago, I had to pray and ask God to help me for months before I could ever actually forgive the person. And for some of you today, you are still there where you can't forgive them. And what you need to do is receive. You need to get on your knees before God and say, come to me, empower me, help me, give me your eyes to see that person, your heart for that person, your love. God, give it to me. And I'm telling you, when the morning came and I had to go meet with this person, I'll never forget, I was standing in the shower and everything was gone. God gave me the peace that I needed to move into there. It, it's, it's a miraculous thing. And some of you need to receive that. The fourth one is you need to release. Entrust yourself and this person to God and let him carry out the consequences. Release them. Don't hold judgment over them anymore. Let God do his job. And then the last one is you need to respond. If that person wants to reconcile, if they're humble and repentant, then you can work, begin the process of reconciling. If that person does not want to, if they're not humble, if they still are acting in ways that you think would be damaged, then you respond to that as well. And you keep your boundaries. But even though you have boundaries, you can still be free because you've forgiven them. So band, come on up. And here's what we're going to do. You got a person's name on your card and you owe, they owe you 20 bucks. And as Sally and Mike lead us in worship today, we're going to give you a chance um, to truly release that person. And what I want you to do is, um, actually, yeah, if you can go, Jill, and is there another one over here, a trash can around somewhere? Is there one over here? Okay. Behind the curtain, I think there is. You guys remember uh, four weeks ago? What you got to do was you got to write down all of your offenses to God. And then you got to take that card up here and come and take communion. And you got to throw it in the trash because your defense attorney said you are forgiven completely. And that's, isn't that, did that not feel good? To be able to come up here and go, just remember that all of your sin is forgiven. And to be free. And what we want you to do today is we want you to be free from the other prison that you might be in here today. And what I want you to do is I want you to, if you can, don't, don't, don't fake this one because it doesn't matter. You do whatever you need to do today. But if you're ready today, you need to take your pen and over that, you owe me 20 bucks, you need to write canceled. Canceled. In view of the one who canceled your debt and set you free, are you ready to cancel that person's debt and set them free? And then you'll be free. <laughs> I mean, the other option is to stay in the prison of being tortured that God will have you in or to walk out of here completely free today. And we're going to sing Amazing Grace. And I tell you, man, when you've received it from God, I don't know how you don't give it to other people. But I also know when I receive it from a person like I did this week, it's just as amazing. <laughs> And to think that you today could be the agent of grace to somebody who needs to be set free and in return you get free too. Sounds like a good deal.
So whenever you're ready, at any time, if you want to walk up here, maybe you even take that card and just rip it up, man. Canceled. I am setting them free. I'm giving them to Jesus. And I'm going to let Jesus be me to them. You do that. Later on in our worship time, we're going to be taking our offering as well, you guys. And just when the greeters come, when it's time, man, again, what a great time as you give your offering to God. It's just like giving your heart to God and you say, thank you. Thank you for life. Thank you for loving me. And this is just one way that I can show you again that I love you too. And that's what do that while we're taking our offering. But before that, our first moment is going to be your chance right here to have some peace in your heart and maybe offer it to somebody else. Let's do it together.